From deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. Yusef Yancey, Pioneer of Electronic Jazz, Part 2. I don't think I was ever just a jazz musician. And what I had to learn that helped me electronically was um, if you cannot hear the person sitting beside you, you're playing too loud. That was Yusuf Yancey. One of the pleasures of listening to jazz is the recognition that comes when you hear the iconic sound of each jazz artist. Miles's trumpet, John's tenor, Ella's voice, Max's drums. You know them the instant you hear them. Every jazz artist wants to find their personal iconic sound, whether it be drums, Woodwinds, keyboards, voice, brass, or string instruments. The sound of jazz is as unique as the individuals who make up an ensemble. It is a music in which self-expression is expected, a quality that stands in sharp contrast to the blended sounds of classical music in which individuals do not stand out. When it comes to having a unique instrumental voice, Yusef Yancey is such a musician. Whether he is playing his trumpet through a tone multiplier or letting his theremin create layers of textures that carry and unite other musicians, his is a distinct voice in electronic jazz going back to the 1970s. For this, the second part of our celebration of Mr. Yancey's electronic music, we are joined by Yusef Yancey and vocalist Jeannie Walker, with whom he often collaborated during the late 1970s and 1980s. I want to thank them sincerely for sharing their thoughts so generously with me. We will also listen to many unusual, seldom heard tracks from Yusef Yancey, plus one track that has never been released on record, composed by Jeannie Walker and featuring Yusef. Although jazz has been his focus, Yusef has a broad education in many styles of music, especially avant-garde classical. He experimented with tape music in the 60s. Oh yeah, I had two tape recorders, and and I had these generators. I had these generators that you fix televisions with, and it thing, sine wave, sawtooth wave, right? It and I had these two generators, and it was going into a mixer. I didn't have no money. I couldn't. That was just around the time Bob created the the move. You know, uh, maybe a little bit before. So that's how I got the sound. And I, I would run one tape recorder and another tape recorder, and then sometimes I would run the two. 
during a time in the early 70s when he was taking a night course at Juilliard from Pierre Boulez, of all people. Yancey recalled learning about the Columbia Electronic Music Center on West 125th Street. And I noticed up at Columbia University, I was studying 20th century music after World War II. So that put me in Schoenberg, Berg, Della Piccolo, these, these kind of people. And I noticed them people was going in. Columbia had that computer up there, covered the whole wall. Them people was going up there in the morning with their music under their arm, coming out in the evening with a completed composition, and it was ending up on none such records. And I was thinking, hey, wait a minute. Let me, let me try this, you see, and that's what I do now. Mr. Yancey was about 35 when he was introduced to the theremin. He came across it while visiting a music store in New York City. I was friends with the people who owned Manny's music in the New York. Manny's wasn't a big store then. It was up near 6th Avenue, little, a little store, wooden floor. There I met the salesman for Gibson Guitar. I was buying electronic stuff, you know, and uh, that's how he hooked me up with Maestro. I still got some of that equipment here. That's where I got the first thermos. I didn't know what that was. And I was but so uh, the Gibson, accident. the Gibson salesman, connected you to the, your first theremin. That was his job. His sister wrote. They was putting together this Thurman out there. It was the salesman who set it up. And since I was studying 20th century music after World War II, he hooked it up. And I went out to Cicero. I didn't understand nothing. I was in school then, out Chicago. Cicero sits in the suburbs, right? Mm -hmm. And I was out there for two or three days as they made these Thurmans. I got them both here now. I don't usually use them no more because now I got two or three digital thermons, which is don't make no noise. They burn, they clean. But in the early days, that thermon going through that echoplex sound like an A model four. He also adopted a variety of sound modifiers made by Maestro. That a Maestro thing is a tone multiplier, technically speaking because I could add a tuba or other sounds to it. You see, the trumpet is going through, and mm -hmm. I could punch tuba, and it would kick it down an octave. Oh, so right. whenever I play on the trumpet, the tuba would do the same thing. And I use echo, echo plex. They had the one echo plex where you could play it and kick it back. They do that now, huh? It would record as you planned. Then you could press the pedal and that would play back. And then you could play over that and lay layers on, on top of it. I used that with uh, people like Sonny Murray, Frank Foster. The two maestro theremins of which Youssef speaks were the models with the two square plates in place of the traditional theremin antennae. This model had circuitry designed by Bob Moog. Youssef's style of playing the theremin in performance was a particular focal point for the audience. He called it the dance of the theremin. 
Rather than playing melodies, his theremin style was to create layers of sound textures as a kind of tapestry for the music. As a trumpet player, I wondered how his style of playing the theremin differed from the horn. You say, do I approach the music on trumpet the way I do on theremin? It's the same. It is the same. If you grunt up, I got to respond. You got to be on your toes all the time. It's like being in a boxing match. You got to have ears. And these things is what I learned in 20th century music, Stockhausen, all these people, see? And it gets to be nothing but sound. What is music? Organized sound. That's what it is. You're in the street, somebody drops a tin can, blah, blah, blah. People is talking. He recalled working with Lydia Kavina and contrasted his style of theremin playing with hers. She's a relative of Leon Thurman from Moscow. Mm -hmm. I did a thing with her in uh, Berlin. And the difference is she could actually play melodies. But I always used the theremin to create a sound environment in which the music emerges from. Because I play the trumpet, I don't have to play it melodically. Creating a sound environment. That really explains Youssef's unique approach to jazz theremin that gives him an iconic sound signature. I asked Youssef and Jeannie to walk us through a work that they recorded in 1979. This song is called That Look, and it was composed by Jeannie Walker. Jeannie unearthed this cassette recording, and it doesn't appear on any record. They haven't heard this track in over 40 years. Here are Youssef and Jeannie. What happened, I was into incorporating concrete sound. And John Van Ramenen here, before he was trying to get into free music, electronic music, he had recorded in the cafe people talking, you see? And that's what we use. We put that tape on a track. The people, we, bonjour, au revoir. And I had to stay out of the way of them elements. But Gina wrote a beautiful tune, that look, on top of it. I always enjoyed working with Youssef because of all the things he always does, listen very carefully and tries to find just the right, just the right sound. I mean, I was listening to that look again because, you know, we hadn't, I hadn't listened to it for a very long time. And just noticing how he would paint a picture. The song is very simple. I'm just singing it very straight and it's very simple. But uh, the, what he does with the electronics is to actually create the whole scene. You get a, a visual picture of what's going on. The first thing I say, I sing that look, and then there's this tiny sparkly sound right after it that, that he makes. But, uh, was, was that a keyboard synthesizer? I'm not sure. Uh, My trumpet in electronics. Yeah, that, that little sparkly sound lets you know immediately, okay, that look, something special just happened. And then you start talking, you know, the song talks about being in the cafe, and then there's these low tones that come out that he's making. 
that um, well, that you know okay something really special just happened but now there's this there's a darkness there too there's sadness uh, underneath there's difficulties happens only once in a while and then you have this the the trumpet or flugelhorn playing on the street so okay you're in the cafe but there's the guy who's uh you know playing on the corner all by himself with the case out for the you know people put money in and i mean it's just all these different sounds that he makes they're not random at all they they help tell the story and more than that they create and the total landscape of it so i mean that's what i was getting out of it because i was and then with the people the people speaking in french you know you're in a french or in that case it's a concrete thing so it creates the mood and the entire scene for you so that's what to me what makes it special playing with him live was always like that too because he would find the right sound the right note the right color to enhance whatever it is you're doing and also you see humor on the flugelhorn is a mic it goes into a tone supply then it goes into an echo pressure that's what we use the loveliness of something Maybe this time it could be and you'd see that look from me Now let's move on to the collection of archive recordings I've put together for this episode. This collection of rare, seldom heard tracks were all recorded by Youssef while contributing to the ensembles of others. Jeannie is also featured in some of these tracks as part of the Garrett List A1 band. The playlist on the website for this podcast includes all the details about these recordings. In the previous podcast about Yusef Yancey, we played tracks from the late 1970s to early 1980s. Here, we will focus on the period from about 1979 to 2000. First, we will hear the track, That Look, written by Jeannie Walker and featuring Yusef on electronically modified flugelhorn. We will then hear two versions of Bayard Lancaster's tune, Sweetness the first with vocalist Joan Hansen, the second with Garrett List's band featuring Yusef and Jeannie. We'll hear Fly Hollywood featuring Jeannie on vocals and Yusef on trumpet, flugelhorn, theremin, and electronics. Yusef relocated to Brussels in 1984, but continued to record from time to time with folks in Belgium. 
the last set of tracks fall into this category. The track Vincent Van Gogh with the Calvin Owens Blues Orchestra, a couple of tracks from Hoover Phonic, and finally, a fascinating combination of poetry and jazz based on James Baldwin's A Lover's Question. Baldwin reads the poetry, Youssef plays the theremin, along with an ensemble that also includes Toot Steelsman and Bayard Lancaster. Let's listen now to this sampling of electronic jazz featuring Yusef Yancey. That look Saw it in a small cafe She looked right at him that way It was there for anyone to see Was that the look you gave to me That look happens only once in a while Something special in a smile Makes you want to run away even when you want to stay So many things have passed me by Over the years I didn't know how to try That no one wants to cry That look Funny how it makes you feel The loveliness Of something real Maybe this time it could be and you'd see that look from me Thank <laughs> you. 
Mm-hmm. 
and in giving my whole life completely I do believe that our dreams will come true and that we'll know what to do Sweet mystery, 
No man can have a hollered for a lover, nor stay in bed forever with a lie. He must rise up and face the morning sky, and himself in the mirror of his lover's eye.
Enough hangs from your hanging tree to carry you where you sent me. you enjoyed our celebration of the electronic jazz of Yusef Yancey. At 84 years old, Yusef Yancey doesn't fancy the idea of performing live anymore. And I don't want to be that man. I don't want to be this old man pulling all these bags up on the stage, pulling, I have to carry big speakers. I'm the only trumpet player with all of this baggage. I look like a drummer coming. These days, however, he finds new frontiers of sound exploration, working in his private studio in Brussels, composing with computers and digital sounds in a way that wasn't possible years ago. You have to use your imagination and the electronic sounds give me that. And Yusuf had some advice for anyone interested in pursuing this challenging path of making electronic music. Go up the road of success very slowly because it's crowded with people on their way back. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'd like to thank Yousef and Jeannie for the great conversations and remembrances. I invite you to listen to part one of this series, Yousef Yancey, Pioneer of Electronic Jazz. For a complete playlist for this episode, please see the website of this podcast. If you would like to know more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, 6th edition, published by Routledge. Yusef Yancey is in the book, too. All of the music heard in this podcast, unless otherwise indicated, is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to theholmesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode, please see the blog Noise and Notations at tomholmes.com. So long from deep inside the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.